We are doing something fun the entire month of January. If you give us a review on Apple, Spotify, or a social media shout out, you are entered in our weekly merch giveaway that we are doing every Friday live on the podcast. This week's winner is Alondra, who left us a five-star review on Apple. And she said, I've been listening to this podcast for about five months now. When I stumbled across it, I remember thinking, this is what kind of content I've been looking for. I love being able to receive uplifting, encouraging, and even challenging content week after week. I feel the burden Sister Jamie has, and I've been truly blessed by this podcast. I've laughed and cried with these episodes, and I hope they never stop. I look forward to tuning in every week. God bless you and your vision for Unashamedly You. God bless you, Alondra. Thank you so much for that review. If you will message us on social media, we will get your merch sent to you. Thank you, every single one of you guys that have taken time to leave us a review. And to all of you that share our podcast on your social media week after week. Honestly, this community was created to bring encouragement to you. And you are giving it to others by sharing a podcast that has helped you. Let's continue encouraging one another together. Welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. I love bringing on young people that are following their calling and going after big things in the kingdom of God. It is honestly so refreshing to see that in the next generation following after God's will and what he is wanting them to do. So I've recently heard this young lady on another podcast and wow, I was absolutely blown away with all that she had to say and the wisdom that she had. And I'm just excited to have you a part of the Unashamedly You podcast today, Brooke Statton. Welcome and take a moment to introduce yourself to us. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. My name is Brooke. I'm 25. I am from Maryland and recently moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. I love music. It's my passion. I like to write music. I started singing when I was about 13, 14 years old. I was very shy. I was not a fan of singing in front of people, but Brother James Wilson had moved to our church back in Maryland around that time, about 14 years old. And he asked me to do a solo. And I guess he heard something that I could not hear (laughs) and decided to pull some talent out of me that I at the time did not see. So He worked a lot with me, gave me vocal lessons, really helped me with my confidence. And so I'm really thankful for that. And throughout the years, over probably the last five-ish years, I've done a lot of work on making sure that when I do sing, I'm singing with confidence. And it's definitely, I've definitely come a long way since 14 years old, but I also love to write music. That's something that I actually just started doing within the last probably five years as well. I worked with a couple different people on writing songs, and it's something I really enjoy doing. It's something I've had to practice because it's 
not something that comes naturally to me, but I'm thankful because God has definitely placed that passion within me, but also has provided the resources and the people that have helped me get to where I'm at now. So very thankful for that. But yeah, other than that, I'm just working a lot and enjoying life. So (laughs) awesome. I'm so excited to have you on. And I was wondering about that with the singing and the songwriting, like how old you were whenever you got started. So sharing that is awesome. I love hearing that. What is something that you may would say to someone that they don't see that talent in themselves? Like you said, you didn't see that in yourself. And also share a little bit, maybe to encourage someone that the songwriting process doesn't feel like it's coming easy. I would say, first of all, if it's something you have a passion or a desire to do, that's a God-given thing. God gives us these desires and these passions. And if you have a talent, even if you may not be the best of the best, you got to start somewhere. Not everybody wakes up and is a perfect singer or can sing the roof off. It's It very rarely happens that way. Now, there are those who I envy a little bit because they somehow just do have that gift. But like most things in life, it takes practice and it takes a lot of dedication and commitment. And so I would say don't get frustrated to the point where you give up. Keep going because you never know who you're going to impact. You never know who, if you do keep pushing forward and you keep pursuing what God has given you, those talents, those abilities, you never know whose life that's going to change. And You very well could a few years down the road be on a podcast helping other young people out because you didn't give up. So I would definitely say keep going. It's going to get frustrating. It's going to get, it's going to feel like it's just never going to happen. Like you're never going to get where you want to be, but it's going to take practice. It's going to take a lot of commitment. So I would say definitely just keep pushing. Also, when it comes to songwriting, Again, some people are born with the gift of writing. They're, it's very natural for them. They can sit down with a pen and paper and the words just come out of them. That is not the case for me. <laughs> a lot of times it happens in waves. I get like a span of two weeks where I just feel very inspired and I feel like God is putting words in me. And so I'm just recording and writing. And if you're that kind of person where it doesn't happen consistently and you don't feel inspiration all the time and words are not just flowing out of you poetically, I would say take advantage of those times where you do feel inspiration and get to work. Like write, write, record because you don't want to lose what God does speak to you in those moments. Just like a preacher or a teacher If you feel like God has inspired you with a message, you don't want to lose that. So you write it down. And that's the same thing with music. If you feel like God has given you something, even though you may not hear it as a song in the moment, if there's a phrase or something that you hear and it really inspires you, write it down and you never know what will come of it in the future. So I would say the same thing. Don't get too frustrated. Just do what you can with what you've got. That is absolutely amazing. I am the same way as far as talking about it coming in waves. So sometimes I'll be able to sit down and I'll write these thoughts out. And I'm like, I want to put this in a caption or that. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I don't know what. And so I have learned as well. So if you are even on social media, or if you're like you said, writing things to help other people, or you're going to speak on things, taking those pockets and those moments, that was a very good tip 
for every single one of us. So one thing that I wanted to bring you on today to talk about is you've recently spoke at a national youth convention talking about the challenges that we may face while pursuing the call of God in our lives. We know that the reason it's easy to run from our calling is because there are going to be challenges that come with it. So it's easier sometimes, I feel like, to run from it, to not embrace it because of those things. But I often say if it can be done easily and you can do it alone and without God's help, then it is not exactly what God is asking of you. Because anytime God is going to ask you to do something, it is always going to be bigger than you. It is going to be something that he has to do through you. He wants to use us. And that's how he set it up. And so it's always going to be something bigger than what we can do alone. But when he's calling us to it, then and when we obey and we're willing to go after that thing, then he's going to equip us. And so you shared some of those things with us. And, you know, it's a new year. A lot of us are thinking about those things that maybe God have been calling us to or those dreams that he's been placing in our hearts. And we're like, okay, it's a new year. We're writing down new goals. We're doing new things. And that thing that God has been calling us to, maybe it's writing a book, writing songs, maybe it's anything that he's been asking of you, starting a business. And we're wanting to do it, but those challenges are there. So share a little bit about that. So yeah, I spoke on the challenges of the call and you said it perfectly, actually, by ourselves it does seem impossible. And to be honest, it is impossible. Accomplishing something as great as a God-given calling on our life is by ourselves impossible. We can't do it on our own. But I think that is the beauty of being a Christ follower and living for God. We can't do it on our own, so we need Him. And that's where relationship comes into play. And I think a lot of times, especially if you've grown up in church and you've been in this most of your life, it can become pretty repetitive and it can become what you're used to, to just go through the motions, do what you're told to do, come to church on Sunday, Wednesday night, sing, do whatever it is that you do, and then go home and that be that. And that's where your call ends. But I think, and I believe that our calling is so much greater than that. And the first challenge that I've spoken on is when it comes to reaching the lost, because that in essence is what we're called to do as the church, as the body of Christ, that's what we're here for. And there's different avenues of doing to doing that. There's whether that's worship leading, whether that's preaching, whether that's whatever it may be that you feel like you're called to do and whatever it is that you feel you're skilled in doing that depends on who you are and what you do. But in general, as a body, we're called to reach the lost. And I've been asked the question before, how do we as one person reach an entire world? And because when you look at it that way, it's daunting. It's like, how do I as one person who my skill set is very limited, how am I going to reach this entire world? Especially when it seems like the world has turned against God and the church so much more over the years, and it's only going to continue to do so. How are we going to do that? And again, this goes back to what I said earlier by ourselves, it's impossible. As one individual, I do not expect to reach billions of people on my own. I do not expect to do that. But that's where one relationship with God comes into play, but two, our relationship with the body of Christ and as a church, our relationship with the church. 
And I think as an individual, the number one priority for us should be how we represent the body of Christ, how we're representing God in our everyday lives. When you're going to the grocery store, when you're at school, when you're at work, whatever it may be, people are watching you, especially if you dress differently and you look different. Eyes are going to be on you. How you respond and react to situations, those type of things, people are going to be watching your responses. And so it is our responsibility to ensure that knowing that people's eyes are on us, how are we handling that calling? How are we handling those moments? And I've had, I've heard many people say before, be careful how you talk, be careful how you act. Like that's, that sounds like common sense, right? But I can speak for myself. And there's times where I'm in moments that I'm like, oh, I probably could have handled that a little bit better. I probably could have been a little bit better about that. And I think that we've all probably had those moments, but it's very important that we are aware and we understand that although we may not be able as one person to reach an entire world, it does start somewhere. And there are people watching and just out of curiosity, I wanted to know the exact definition of the word hunger, because we hear a lot of times in church, hungry souls, hungry people. And so I wanted to dissect that a little bit. And the word hunger is defined as to have a strong desire or craving for. And we live in a world full of hungry people who don't even know what they're hungry for. And so it's our responsibility. And while that is a heavy responsibility, it's heavy when you think about it. And it's a lot when you think about it. It's our responsibility to show them what they're hungry for and that there is something that can fulfill that hunger that is so much more than what they think can fulfill that hunger because the world gets the world every day. They get that every day. They get the drinking, the drugs, the partying, whatever it may be. They get that all the time and they have no idea that what they're missing, there's so much more depth to it and we have that answer for them. And I know if you've grown up in church, that sounds almost cliche. It sounds like probably something you hear almost every Sunday. But I think that it is so important, especially the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, to understand that our calling, what we do on a Sunday and on a Wednesday night, or whenever you are coming together with the body of Christ, what you do in those moments is so much bigger than just a Sunday or a Wednesday. It's so much bigger than that. I was told years ago, and this changed the way that I viewed ministry entirely to this day. This is the one thing that I think about anytime I'm up on a platform or doing anything in ministry, I think about this. You never know who is sitting in that room and you never know who's last time it is sitting in that room. And It is when you really think about that, I know it sounds dark, but when you really think about it, you don't know. You don't know who came into that room dealing with what. You don't know if this is their last time being there, whether it's because they're just visiting or you just never know what the circumstances are. And so when we are walking in the calling of God on our lives and we are operating in that it is so important that we understand why we are doing what we are doing. And 
again, this all comes back to while it is impossible for us as one individual to reach billions of people by ourselves, it is our responsibility to carry out the call of God on our lives in hopes that is going to impact and change lives. And you never know how many people that can change. We are in arenas every couple of years for NAYC. And I have seen the aftermath of people who may not have known Jesus before that event, but came because a friend invited them. And one night was all it took. One song was all it took. One worship leader was all it took for their lives to be completely changed forever. And so I think that when we break it down and we understand that this is so much bigger than us, but when we allow God to work in and through us, that's when the impossible takes place. That is when God's able to perform miracles. And it's not because of us. It's not anything that we do, but it's because of our willingness to be a vessel for God to flow through. So I would say, I know that was a lengthy way of putting it, but when it comes down to the call of God on our lives and that question of how do I reach this world by myself? Well, you're not doing it by yourself. Thankfully, we've got brothers and sisters in Christ who are right there alongside with us. And not just that, but we have, when you have the Holy Ghost, you have the power of God. So you're not doing it on your own. God allows you to be a vessel that is used to reach. When we get to heaven, I'm sure that our minds will be blown when we find out just how many people we impacted because we walked in the call of God. Talking about being a body of Christ, we all know of someone that we can think of or that we've heard of. And you tell them about, you know, inviting them to your church and they may say, oh, I would never go to that kind of church. And they talk about an experience that was bad. Someone mistreated them. And you're thinking, they don't even go to our church. They're not even a part of our congregation. But we are a body. And thinking about that as being, we're brothers and sisters, and we're a body everywhere you go. Whenever you're on vacation, you're in another state, how you're treating people, you're still the body. When you are at someone else's church that they have attended before, or they know of someone that's going to another church and it's not your congregation, it can affect us all. We're all one body of Christ and thinking of that. But then there's also a time whenever you have invited someone and they say, oh, I met such and such and she was Pentecostal and she was so nice or I knew her family. I went to school with her. I've met them before. They used to come to the restaurant that I worked at and they were so nice every time. And whenever I hear that, I'm always like, I am so grateful <laughs> that yes. they represented the body of Christ the right way because they represented him right. It was easy for me to send out an invitation to them to yeah. come to the church that was right beside them. But whenever we don't represent it correctly and we don't think about, like you were saying, your actions, you're like, man, I could have handled that differently. I could have done things better. And thinking about it every single day, we're called to reach the lost. It doesn't matter what your calling is overall. You are called to reach the lost. Every single one of us, every person is called to reach the lost. And realizing that we are the body of Christ and taking that seriously. These are your brothers and your sisters, and we want to make the doors readily open no matter where they are going. Absolutely. The second challenge that I feel like we, I guess a question that 
if you're anything like me or if you've been in ministry for really any period of time, there's always the question of, am I really qualified? And I think that this is, it's very common. I feel like with, especially like younger people, whenever they're just figuring out like where they want to go, what they want to do. That's a question that I hear a lot. And I've heard the phrase, and I'm sure many people have heard the phrase that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And this is a phrase I have to remind myself of very often, because if we're being honest, no matter how impactful or big your ministry is, you're going to have days where you wonder, am I even supposed to be doing this? Am I even good enough to do this? Am I qualified enough to do it? And I think a question that kind of follows up with that is, couldn't somebody else do this better? There's always somebody else who could do this better. And the answer to that is yes, there is. There is somebody that can do it better than you can. But God called you for this moment. And I think all of it, it comes back to it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me bigger than you. It's not me doing this. This isn't because of who I am. It's not because of my name. It's not because of even my skills. It's not because of that. It's because God saw something in me that I did not see and probably still cannot see. He sees something in me that is going to be able to impact somebody else, whether that is something unique to you, whether it's because you're an extrovert or you have a unique way of interacting with people. God's able to use things that we may not even see, or we may not even look at ourselves and think this certain quality of mine is going to be able to impact thousands of people. We may never see it that way, but God sees those little things. And I believe he saw those things when he created us. He said, I'm going to put this in you and I'm going to put this in you because this is going to impact more people than you'll ever know. And you may never even know that was what impacted people. You may be thinking that, oh, it's because of my voice. And God's, no, it's not. It's because of this little thing that you didn't even realize was there that drew people and changed lives. And so I think instead of getting caught up on that question of, am I qualified or am I good enough? Or is there somebody else that could do this better than me? It should be, God, whatever you want to do, you can just use me. And what am I doing every day that is allowing God to use me freely? Because again, we get caught up in like the everyday things. We get caught up in our regular church duties, like whatever that may be, whether it's singing or whatever, we get caught up in that. And I think sometimes we forget that we're doing this because God put us in this position for a purpose. And it goes back really to, you never know who's in the room. You you never know whose life is going to be changed that day. And it really shouldn't be about, am I good enough or am I qualified? It really should be, God, I trust that you've put me here for a reason. And I may never know why you chose me. I may never understand what in me to handle this moment, but I'm going to trust that you've put me in this position for a purpose and I'm going to handle it the best that I can. Obviously, God knows we're human and that we make mistakes. And so there might be times where if you're a worship leader and you're like exhorting or you're ad-libbing and you mess up a little bit, 
that's gonna happen. <laughs> and even sometimes now, I'll be worship leading and I'm like, Oh, I think I misquoted that scripture. <laughs> and and then I feel terrible. And I'm like, Oh, my word, I think I'm probably like just preaching false doctrine on all these platforms right now. Oh, my word. And then I have to remind myself, okay, you know what? God is God, like he can handle what I just messed up. He can fix that. I'm just going to do the best that I can with what I've been given and trust that God is going to take it from there. And so I think instead of, again, getting caught up in those whys, what ifs, all of those things, it's just learning to trust, really just trust God in the calling. Because when we do get caught up in all of those questions, it becomes about us. It becomes about me. It becomes about what can I do better? And again, I think that excellence is very important. I think that we need to give our best. That's why practice and all of that is very important. I'm not saying that you shouldn't practice or be excellent in what you are doing. But I think that there's a fine line. There's a very fine line, especially in music. I feel like you can get so caught up in the the spotlights and all of that and who's good at what and them staying in their lane and me staying in my lane and I'm qualified in this area. They're qualified in that area. So I'm just going to stay here. The problem with that is God is a limitless God. There's no limits on him. So if he doesn't want you just singing and he wants you to teach as well, you need to teach as well. And I'm speaking to myself as well, because there's been times where I've told God straight up, like, I am not a teacher. I am not a speaker. So anytime you are asking me to teach or speak, I'm probably going to decline. And then all of a sudden, God started opening these doors up for me to start speaking and teaching. And I was like, did you not hear what I said? God, I did. Actually, I did. And so I think that it's very important for us to, again, trust God and make sure that we are going in the flow of the Holy Ghost and not what fits my comfort, what's comfortable for me or not comfortable for me, because you may not be qualified to teach. You may not be qualified to speak, but when the anointing is poured on you, when God's hand is on you, you can do things that you never knew you were capable of doing. And that is so amazing to me because I've watched that happen so many times where I've watched young people who told me I could never do this. I could never do that because I'm too shy. I'm too quiet. And then I watched them bloom into this amazing person who is just doing amazing things in the kingdom of God. And it just goes to show that on my own, I cannot do anything, but it's in my weakness that he's made strong. And when it's impossible for me, God shows up and says, this is just what I do. This is just a Tuesday for me. Like I'm just doing my thing. And I think that's so amazing. And so I guess from that point, if I could say anything to encourage, especially young people or young adults who are still trying to figure out, should I be doing this? If you're in it right now, and if God's got you there right now, just go with the flow and be willing, just be willing. And if a door opens, do not say no to it. If a door opens, and I will say if a door opens and your spiritual authority is okaying that, walk in it and allow God to use you. Don't say no just because you feel like you're not qualified for it. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So I love everything that you were talking about walking in it. And it's crazy because we have so many examples in the Bible for everything. And God just does that for us. So Moses, 
He's God, I can't speak. God called him to speak and he had a stuttering problem. It's like everything that God calls us to do. It goes back to, again, when he's calling you to it, whenever it is of God and he is asking something of you and from you, it's not going to be something that comes naturally. It's not going to be something that comes easy. It's not going to be something that you're comfortable with. God calls us out of those comfort zones because let's be really honest. They're not that comfortable. (laughs) I call them stuck zones. We're in a stuck zone. We're stuck in this rut of what we like and what is around us. And a lot of times it's not comfortable. It's something that we know we're supposed to be doing something different. And anytime that we know that God is calling us to do something different, we're not comfortable where we are, but we're stuck. And when we're in that stuck zone of not having to break out, not having to do anything that could embarrass us, you talking about preaching false doctrine makes me laugh so hard because so many times I have said things and Matt's like, I think you quoted that wrong. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, I got the gist of it, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. But it comes back to the fact that whenever we realize we're not good enough, it's not about us. Yep. We have to have his help. We have to have him. And if you ever get to thinking that, you know, pride comes before a fall and that's there for a reason, because yes. when you get prideful, when you think you're good, when you think you're good enough and that you've got this all under control, here comes a big fall to prove yep. to you once again, I do not have this under control. I <laughs> am not as great as what I thought I was. I'm not yes. as comfortable with this as I thought I was. And God, I need you. I've got to have your help every single time. <laughs> Yes, very true. I think going back to what you said about just doing things by ourselves, I think especially because God is so good and he's just so amazing that when we get to a point where we feel like, oh, I've got this without God, I've got this. God is like, I'm about to show you just how much you do not have this. <laughs> and I think that is in a weird way to some people, it may not seem this way, but I think for those who are a little more spiritually mature can understand that's the mercy and the grace of God. Because when you try to do things on your own, and I am a testimony <laughs> to this, when you try to do things on your own, you have to remember you're a human being. And you make mistakes, but God is perfect in all of his ways. He does not make mistakes. And so when you are operating in the will of God and you're flowing in the anointing, there's no mess ups there. That is all God. And that's why I'm thankful for the hand of God on our lives, because without him, I would be saying the craziest things on a platform. I wouldn't know what I'm saying. (laughs) There's been so many times where, you know, after a a worship service, I'll have somebody come up to me and say, you know what you said there that really touched me. And I'll go back and I'm like, I don't even remember like saying that. And it's because it wasn't me. It wasn't Brooke. That was the Holy Ghost that took over in that moment. And I think that's why it's so important that we remain humble and we remain aware of the fact that this is not me. This is so much bigger than me. And without God, I really cannot do this on my own. Yes. When we realize that we cannot save someone, but we cannot make someone lost either. 
Right. It is the mercy and the grace of God that he carries us through every situation and in every situation. And we can't do this without God. But you know what? God chose to use man. This was his plan. This is what he desired. This is what he wanted. And we're just lucky enough. We're just blessed enough that God did choose man because if he didn't choose us, he could have chose anything. God could choose any vessel to use. He could have chosen any way to to reach the lost or any way to be able to speak faith or any way to bring healing. But he chose us and he chose human beings to do that with. And instead of running from it, realizing this is a blessing that God is calling me to this. This is a privilege that God is calling me to do something for him. And instead of pushing that privilege away and instead of running from that, walking in it. Absolutely. And this last point that has been a challenge that I think is, in my opinion, I feel like this is probably the biggest challenge that we face in ministry is comparison. And it goes hand in hand with everything we've talked about. But so it might sound redundant, but I think with comparison, it is the killer. I really do believe that because I've watched people that I've looked up to in ministry that years ago and even to this day, I watch them fall to comparison. And it breaks my heart because those people are talented in their own ways. And the way that they change the atmosphere when they are operating in that calling, it's unlike anything else. But because they get so caught up in comparison and feeling whether it's because they feel like they're not good enough, or maybe it's because they feel like they're too good. They fall to it and it can destroy. It can absolutely destroy. I've watched it over and over again, destroy people. And I do think that this goes back to when Lucifer compared himself to Jesus. He was comparing himself to God. And that was ultimately why we're here at this point. This is why we're here now because Lucifer was comparing himself and saying, I should be praised. I should be getting as much praise and accolades as him because I am so amazing. And I think that's obviously where it began, but it's evolved now to where we may not recognize it as pride. We recognize it as humility because we think I'm not good enough or I shouldn't be doing this because I'm not good enough. But that actually is pride. That is pride because it's all about you. It's all about me. It's not about the people and what you're doing and how it's impacting and affecting people in that moment. It's about your focus is on you. So whether it's good or bad, it's pride. I've been doing ministry. I've been in ministry for a very long time and It is the greatest thing that I could be doing. Like I love living for God. And I don't just say that. I love it. There's so many amazing things that come with living for God and following that God-given calling and following in the anointing of God. There's so many benefits to it. And with that, there's also a lot of challenges. There's also a lot of things that I guess as a young person, you don't really think of, you don't think about the challenges that come with living for God. 
And even though it's preached about a lot, like we hear a lot of preaching on it, when you're in the moment and you're facing those things, (laughs) you're not really thinking about the message that was preached. You're thinking, why am I facing this? Like, why me? But I think one of the biggest challenges that I can say I have faced over the last 10 years has been comparison. And I have had to come to a point in my life where I am aware of what comparison really is. Comparison is pride. It is rooted in pride. Even if it's because I somehow have tricked myself into thinking that it's this humility, it's a false humility. It's not humility. I have heard people say this before. Why didn't I get to sing at this? Like, why wasn't I asked to sing or why why wasn't I asked to preach? Like, I'm a good preacher. Why wasn't? And yes, you may be a fantastic preacher and you may be the greatest singer. Like you might be amazing. And I'm sure you are, but that wasn't your moment. That wasn't the moment that God prepared for you. And I think each of us are equipped. God has equipped us for specific moments. I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I saw something that somebody posted on Twitter, I think something about along the lines, and I'm not going to even try to quote it because I will butcher it, but it was something along the lines of some people are good at handling solos and are good at singing solos. They're good at teaching and preaching a message here and there, but then there's those who God entrusts with moments and these moments are what create the atmosphere. This is, and this is why I think it's so important for us to be more aware of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because I think we just lose track of that. Sometimes we lose sight and we lose focus of that because we get so used to doing this. We're used to it. This is conferences and opportunities, whatever it may be, we're used to these things. And so in our minds, we're thinking, of course, I'm going to do this. Like, this is what I do. This is all I do. Like, for some people, this is a living. So like, of course, I'm going to sing at this conference. Of course, I'm going to play. Of course, I'm going to preach. Like, of course, I'm going to do that. Like, this is what I do as an apostolic or Pentecostal or whatever. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is my identity. Like, this is built into what I do. But I think we have to be very careful with that because when we get caught up in this mindset of, yes, of course I'm doing this, that's entitlement. It, it can bleed into entitlement, which in a way is also comparison because in your head, you're thinking, okay, why didn't they ask me to do this? Because I'm the best there is. Like, why would they ask this person to do it? They're not even that good at it. Like I could do it better than this person can. And I know that sounds crazy, but unfortunately I've heard these conversations before. And I know a lot of times people will say things in a moment and they're not really necessarily thinking about what they're saying. But I do believe that if we're not careful, that can get into our hearts. And that's so dangerous with such a heavy calling And because again, this is not us. This is not about us. Thankfully, those of us who are Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus name, have repented of our sins. We're saved. Thankfully, like we have that gift of having relationship with God and knowing him. We have that. Okay. So now this isn't about us. This is about other people. Now this is about people who don't have that right now. And our time is running short. Their time is running short and they don't even know it. And so we have to get to a point where we're outside of ourselves for a little while. This isn't to say that 
there's not moments where we need to be fed. I There's moments I know where we need that. We need the word. We need God to speak to us. Absolutely. But when we're in ministry and we're serving, because that's what it is, we're serving. When you're in those moments, it is the last person that it is about is you. Everybody else in that room, it is about everybody else in that room. It's about the people that you don't know. And it's about the people that you do know, the people that are in that room that you may know situations. And there's people in that room that you don't know their situations. Regardless, you may never know this side of heaven, what you in that moment are doing for those people. And not even you as a human, but you as a vessel, what you're doing in that moment for those people. And that's why it's so important that we're not just handling a solo or we're not just handling a message here. It has to be bigger than that to us. It it can't just be, I only got a solo. No, like that is a moment. That's a moment. And you have to be able to handle that moment because you never know what 30 seconds of a song can do for somebody. And we don't think of it that way. And I'm guilty of it. There's been many times where, you know, I'm singing a song and it's okay. It's, Holy Spirit, or I give myself away. Like we've done that song how many times? Like it's an altar call song. Like it's not like a huge deal. But then I have to remind myself, I don't know what this moment is going to be for somebody. The next five minutes could be what changes somebody's life. And so all of that comes back to comparison. Am I qualified? How do I reach this world by myself? All of it comes down to how we're handling these moments. And how we're allowing God to use us as vessels. And if we're allowing God to use us as vessels and giving complete control to God, because that, and that's a whole other topic, giving control to God is a whole other thing, but it's so important that our attention and our focus is not on ourselves in those moments, but remembering, we have to remember why we're doing what we're doing and the importance behind that. It's so important. I mean, it's really the most important thing that comes with the call of God on our lives. And because the anointing is not just for us. That's not what it's about. The anointing is on us so that it can bleed over into other people's lives and change other people. And I know I'm repeating myself and it's very redundant, but this is my candy stick. I love talking about this because I just know from a young person when I was 15 and 16 years old and I would listen to the teachings of people that I looked up to and it was teachings like this that changed my life because as a young person it's so easy to get caught up in the glitter and the glam of of ministry and the platforms and the opportunities and that stuff is really cool and it's really fun but it's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than just a youth conference or whatever it may be. It's so much bigger than that. So much bigger than am I getting to lead worship or sing a solo? It's so much bigger than that. It's whose life is being changed right now, whose life is being impacted. And again, you may not know this side of heaven. It may not be until we get to heaven that Jesus looks at you and says, because you handled this moment, this is what happened. Everything that you said was so good. You were speaking to me as well. So I know that people listening to this, it will be young people and it will be middle-aged and more older people. And 
it's good for us all. But one thing that talking about comparison or like, I've just got this one solo, or that's something that I personally will never have. <laughs> talking about the Lord saying you have to speak. I'm like, the Lord knows I can absolutely not sing. But talking about different things that God has given us, it reminds me so much of the scriptures and the parable of the talents. And I realized that a talent was money at the time, but it still just really speaks to us today because a lot of what we feel is we're not talented enough. We don't have enough talent, or maybe we have talent and we're not doing exactly what God may have given us a lot of talent, but we're not doing exactly what God is asking us to do of it because we're comparing it to someone else. They've got more or they have less. But in the parable, I wanted to read a couple of the scriptures and it's in Matthew 25, but Jesus is talking about the man that had five talents and he made five more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much, enter into the joy of your master. So whether they had five talents or two talents, they got the same thing. But he also who had received one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow, not gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm. That is such a good parable what we're talking about today. It is so important to realize that it's not about what you have and what you've been given. It's not about you. It doesn't matter how much you've been given. It doesn't matter what you think you can do with it. God has given it to you. So whether it's a little, if you've got one, two, five, however many talents that you have or whatever calling and giftings that God has given you, you may say, I don't do a lot in service. There's not a lot for me to do. I don't sing or I don't speak. There's not things that I'm asked to do, but we're all called to worship. You're all called to give God yeah, praise absolutely. and the people that are up there leading the worship and the people that are up there and whenever your pastor's preaching, if you're not giving feedback, that's what it's setting the tone for the service. The worship absolutely. sets the tone for the service and the people that are in the crowd that need God and need someone to pray with them and to pray for them. You're there for that reason. Absolutely. That is something that God has given you and he wants to do more with it. So There's so many things, and that's what I love about the Unashamedly You community, and one reason why opening it up is it's literally for and talking about whatever God is calling you to do unashamedly. It may not be singing and songwriting. It may not be speaking, podcasting. It may not be coaching. It may not be preaching or doing things like that. It may be that God is calling you in the workplace, and He is asking you to reach people there. He's asking you to be a light there, but no matter what, He's asking We're all called 
to be vessels of him and to allow him to use us. And so if he's calling you to something, it's up to us how we're going to handle that calling. It's up to us what we're going to do when he comes back. Yeah. Is he going to take what he's given you? I've seen in you talking about people falling to the comparison, falling into that trap and then going away from God. He can still take your talent. He can take what he's given Absolutely. you and give it to someone else and say, you know what, yeah. you're not doing what I've asked you to do with this. Absolutely. That's so true. I think my dad told me this when I was younger and had just started in ministry. There was a couple of times that somebody had asked me to come sing at an event and I didn't want to because I felt like I was not good enough to do it. My dad told me, he said, if you don't walk through the doors that God is opening for you, he's going to take the anointing and the talent off of your life and place it on somebody else's. And I think we think that when we're talented and we're anointed, we think we have it forever, no matter what. And that's just not the case. If we continue to reject what God wants to do in and through us, he's going to give it to somebody else. I've watched that happen as well. And so I think that that's something very important to remember as well. Just if God is opening doors for you and God's allowing you to be used in certain areas, whether it's something you feel comfortable in or not, say yes, walk through those doors and let God use you. Because again, like I said a million times, it is so much bigger than you. And you're doing this for the kingdom of God. I don't really know of a better reason to do anything. You're doing it for the kingdom of God. So I think keeping that in mind is so important as well. You said it perfectly with the talents. It's actually crazy that you said that because I was just reading that scripture yesterday. So it's really crazy you said that, but just confirms that it needed to be talked about. (laughs) Everything, like I said, that you have said today, it's been so good, Brooke. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on here. I know that you have inspired and helped so many people, but one One question we like to end on the Unashamedly You podcast is what is one thing that you would like to leave for the Unashamedly You community today? If I had anything to say, and if this is all you get from me today, I want to encourage everyone to be you. Be you. Be who God has called you to be. Not who God has called your best friend or the person that you look up to. Be you and let God use you. Stop waiting. Stop prolonging it. If God is asking you to move right now, move and trust God. So be you. Thank you so much again for being on the Unashamedly You podcast. You have helped so many people. Like I said, you've helped me, if not anyone else. You've inspired me. So much of what you said was so good. Thanks for agreeing to be on here and go be Unashamedly You. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another Unashamedly You podcast. And I wanted to give you this reminder that if you have not yet got signed up for your free coaching call, make sure that you do that. Several of you have taken advantage of this and I've been having so much fun going through these ideas and working through dreams with all of you. But I know there's more of you that have some dreams that you want to fulfill and reach for this new year. And I just wanted to remind you, you'll schedule that free coaching session on unashamedlyyou.com, select the coaching tab. I'd love to help you start living out those dreams and fulfill that calling that you are feeling.